listeners, welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 33. How's it going? It's Saturday. I feel really great about it. I'm home alone. It's amazing. Right before I did this, I was listening to a record and it finished. And I was like, I said to myself, okay, let's do this as I was going to start this podcast. And then I realized that's what Mark Marin says like half the time at the beginning of his podcast. And I'm glad I didn't say that to you guys. I just said it to myself. But then I got that like, lock the gaze, like that music from the start of his podcast in my head, which is kind of funny because I actually listened to Mark Marin's podcast this week for the first time in like nine months because he had Mandy Moore on there. And I love Mandy Moore. I, I deeply love Mandy Moore and always have. And then I went to see Mandy Moore on the uh, Wild Hope tour at the Paradise in Boston back in the day. (laughs) And I was like, this woman's amazing. And then not long after that, she was in Southland Tales, which is a radically underrated film, if you ask me. But uh, from then on, I've been really into Mandy Moore. And of course, she's been in the news lately because of the whole Ryan Adams thing and the mystery of why Mandy Moore stopped doing music has finally been explained. That fucking guy. Never been a big Ryan Adams fan. Did see Whiskey Time with Jill once back in L.A. at Club 3. And they're very good from what I remember. But I've never never cared about Ryan Adams, really. Uh, yeah, anyway. So I'm home. I'm home alone. And I'm doing my podcast on a Saturday. I had to go to Chattanooga this week. So I got back from New York on Wednesday, like normal. And then on Thursday morning, bright and early, 7 a.m., 7, no, 8 a.m. I left at 8. I drove to Chattanooga, seven-hour drive. Uh, and then I came home on Friday. You know, I really thought that it was going to be, when I signed up to do this thing, I thought saying a seven hour drive in each direction through the Smoky Mountains, it would be beautiful and be amazing. And just what I needed to clear my head. But no, the drive sucked. <laughs> it was raining both directions and there's all this mist on the road and it's like filled with trucks and it's going through the hills and these trucks always think they can pass another truck. One truck's going 40 and this other truck's going like 43 and it'll cut you off to slowly pass the other truck and it takes them like 15 minutes and you're just stuck behind him because the inner states only two lanes the whole way and i'm like i hate this and then at one point there was like zero visibility in this crazy fog that was kind of terrifying and it was just an unpleasant drive both directions but uh, i did listen to a few podcasts which you know it's funny basically since i started my podcast i haven't been listening to many podcasts uh i listened to uh Conrad Doucette's Conrad Life Report, several of those episodes back when he got started with that, because he's doing a podcast like mine. But uh, that's it. Other than that, uh, other than listening to the Conrad Life Report, I haven't really been listening to podcasts since I've become a podcaster. You know, I think you can only have so much podcasting in your life, I guess. But so I listened to some anyway. I listened to a bunch of Conrad's, caught up on Conrad's Life Report podcast, which is just the best because it's like, he's just like, hi, I'm a parent. I'm sitting here. I'm doing nothing. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah. And then I went out with, you know, these people from this amazing rock band. And we went to see this amazing rock band. And I used to play with this guy and this thing. And I'm like, wow, that's really all kind of awesome. Uh so, you know, I love the highs and lows in the books, of course, so that's always exciting. 
Uh, and then I listened to the Recode podcast, which I think is the first time ever I've listened to a podcast from like one of those media companies that have a podcast. I did it because Bryce Roberts, who's on the Time Hop board, also runs a thing called Indie VC. Uh, he's a great guy to have on your board when you don't plan on running, raising any more venture capital and you're kind of not into venture capital because his whole thing these days is companies don't need venture capital. So, you know, we're pretty simpatico with him on the board. But uh, I figured I should listen to this podcast. And uh, it was good, you know. I mean, I already know the NDVC thing, so I was really more like listening and sort of like paying attention to like media company podcasts and like how they advertise and they have these sponsors and then they advertise themselves and other podcasts from that media company. And then, of course, they're talking about media podcasts because, you know, uh, <laughs> because of the acquisition by Spotify of one of the large podcasting companies, so uh, Gimlet Media. So, you know, they're talking about it too. I was like, like, oh, this is like a Ouroboros of podcast economics. I don't know if I can handle this, but it was only one episode, so that was all right. I uh, listened to that Mark Marin, Mandy Moore one, and that was it. And then I was like, I'm going to listen to a book on tape. I've never listened to an audio book before. I guess they're not really on tape anymore, are they? And so I spent a lot of time trying to decide which audio book to listen to, and I went with The Warmth of Other Suns. Uh, I'm reading books by women pretty much for the next month or two and that was one that was on my list and it's kind of interesting because uh i was really torn because i do a lot of highlighting when i read nonfiction, and i don't do a lot of highlighting when i'm reading fiction so i was like maybe i should read fiction because what if i want to highlight something and i'm driving and it's an audiobook and i can't really highlight uh but although it does turn out that like audible has like a driving version of their little play screen and it's got a bookmark button so you can actually at least bookmark the spot uh, but I didn't do that because it turned out that The Warmth of the Other Sons is v by far mostly an oral history. It's a book about the Great Migration. It is amazing. I love it. But it's mostly an oral history. Uh, in between large swaths of oral history, they she does uh, sort of facts and figures, data, things like that, which is kind of like my more my kind of history book. But uh, mostly it's, and you know, not oral history. She did a ton of interviews and then she writes it into sort of like fiction form, right? Which I, I always think is a little weird. Um, and then it was doubly weird because it was in podcast form, or I'm sorry, audiobook form. So this woman reading it was doing voices for these people. I'm like, how does she know this is what these voices sound like? And why do they all sound like the same sort of Southern hick? Black and white, they all sound the same. I don't get it. And, you know, I have all these questions about audiobooks and it was like, maybe I was thinking too much about it. I don't really know. Uh, and I didn't finish it. I got like 10 hours of it done and it's about a 20 hour book, but I'm listening on to it on 1.25. So, you know, probably like a 15 hour book. So I probably have like five more hours, but I actually own the Kindle version and the podcast now. So I, that's the other thing I wanted to experiment with and try out that Kindle to pod or to audiobook sync thing. And, uh, it works. It's pretty cool. You just switch back and forth. So I might, I don't know how I'm going to finish this book. I don't have any other long drives. I don't, you know, I, but I actually don't think I want to read this book. I think I want to listen to it. So I might just listen to it over the next month and a half hour at a time on my airport drives. I don't know exactly how I'm going to pull this off. So now I'm like just stuck halfway, yeah, maybe like two thirds of the way through the warmth of other suns by Isabel Wilkerson, by the way, I guess we just won't really get to that when we get to the book section, but, uh, yeah, I was interesting. I've never done audiobooks before. I know some people are really into them, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's my thing. I, I think I'm too much of a highlighter. 
But yeah, so Chattanooga, interesting town. <laughs> it's pretty, it's nice. I was in some hipster hotel. We went to a hipster dinner, and I was like, yeah, downtown Chattanooga looks like Brooklyn now. Yeah. And it reminded me of that Portlandia sketch about Schville. Does that, this sketch really didn't get any traction, but I think it was pretty genius. It was about like hipsters always looking for the next cool town, and they were in Austin, and then they, they went to Asheville and then Nashville, and then now they're going to just Schville. And I was like, Chattanooga is like Schville. And then, and then weirdly, my friend Catherine, who was out in Marfa in like one of these weird towns, and it was all these like restaurants and galleries and stuff in Marfa. She was like, I love Chattanooga. And I'm like, really? This town doesn't seem like it has any character. But uh, I admittedly didn't see a lot of Chattanooga. I was there for a talk. Uh, this agency uh, brought me out to talk to their leadership team on their retreat. And, and uh, I don't do a lot of these things anymore now that I've got a full-time job at Time Hop. And, you know, I'm trying to get my writing done. But I, I like these guys. And one of the one of the ex uh, leaders at the agency used to work with me at an old job. And he asked me to go. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do that. And then I got really stressed about it for like two weeks. Because I was like, I don't know what to tell these people. You know, even after Barbarian, I was doing all that consulting with agencies. So it was like, I always knew I had my finger on the pulse of agencies and what they were doing, you know. But now I was like, I don't know. It's been two years, man. Uh, and, but so I took it, you know, I asked him for like some topics and, you know, to like get, point me in the direction of certain things. And he did. And I made my, my slides and I got there and, you know, I gave myself an hour padding. So I got there an hour early and he's like, well, you can just come on up to our leadership summit until, you know, until it's your time to talk. And I almost said no, but then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. And I went and I sat there and watched them sort of do their leadership talk. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, agencies haven't changed at all. It's all the exact same shit they're dealing with. My talk will be 100 percent on point. And then I was fine and I felt good. And I was like, OK, this is all this is all the same. This is everywhere. You know, the tale is all the time. Beauty and the Beast, Hakuna Matata, Disney movie stuff. Uh, <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Uh, but anyway, that went really well, and then we had some drinks, and we got some dinner, and like you know, these very Brooklyn-y places, this Italian place that could have been in Williamsburg, and then this bar, the hotel called Whiskey Thief. That actually, I would say that's a difference because being in Tennessee, the whiskey selection was just phenomenal. You know what I mean? And so I drank like three very expensive whiskeys. They didn't have any pappy though, but I had like a four roses, 130th anniversary edition. And anyway, I don't really do much of that anymore. And I felt like garbage and I'm like, I think I'm done with whiskey. Uh, I had some on Tuesday night as well when I was with my friend Jenna. So now I'm just like, Oh, I've been really hung over all week. And it's kind of unpleasant. I feel great today though. So I guess it's, it's, um, mostly worn off so yeah chattanooga and then i've been home i'm very excited just making all my asian stir fries and asian soups just gonna eat a bunch of asian food because emma likes asian food as much as a normal person which is about one tenth as much as me so uh i already had like a, a lovely sort of pick pow prick pow stir fry this morning i'm gonna go out with my parents tonight and we'll get some asian food and then they'll make some tomorrow i'll make some hot and sour soup and some guy gap row for two different meals it's gonna be it's gonna be all asian i'm very excited and i did all my morning errands today without the baby which was kind of a it's pouring rain so it kind of was really nice because it's really hard to do errands when i have jane when it's raining because you gotta like keep an umbrella over her while you're doing all this stuff but yeah i dropped some stuff off of my storage unit i have like a storage unit where i keep backups of everything it's like where i keep all my old arch enemy records uh full 
data backup of all my data wrapped in tinfoil and Faraday pouches, uh, extra copies of my books, things like that. And uh, I have I bought one extra box of uh, Trek hardcover books. So I moved that over there. I got a few of each like in my office where I, in my library where I ship stuff, but you know, I dropped those off there, dropped off the recycling, mailed out the last of the Trek Kickstarters, got groceries, went to Walmart and got a jump drive because uh, when I was going to Chattanooga, I realized I just need more jump drives in my house to like take presentations places because you always just kind of lose them, you know? So yeah, man, Saturday at home alone. It's amazing. I'm, I'm super into it. Uh, I'm going to watch some movies. I'm going to watch the Oscars and live tweet the Oscars tomorrow because I am totally obsessed with the Oscars and I've seen pretty much everything. Didn't go to shorts. Thought about going to actual films at the theater, but there's not a lot this week that I haven't seen. I, I could have gone to that one film that won the jury prize at Cannes. I can't remember the name of it. But I was like, eh, I don't care. I don't need to see kids in the ghetto films. Like, it really reminded me of that Children of God movie from, I think it was Brazil. You know, there's always one of these movies of kids showing grit in, in, in the ghettos. And I was like, ah, I just don't care enough. I've seen enough of those. And then I thought I would go to the Oscar shorts, but it was like, they're only showing at the silver spot and there's one each and you know, they make a whole day of it, which seemed kind of amazing, right? There are times so you can go to each one. But then I was like, well, that's like $16 each. Cause it's like a posh theater. So I had to spend like $50 to watch all the shorts. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm not doing that. Not going to happen. So no, I'm just puttering around the house. It's amazing. And I'm not playing civilization. I, I did a little bit of playing on civilization rise and fall, the new edition when it came out, but I was like, ah, I don't really care. I'm good. I mean, it's a great update. It has all the things I wished civilization had like canals and global warming and storms and tunnels. But I'm just like, eh, I'm good. I've played too much civilization in my life. So I'm going to pass on that. So, yeah, I mean, I got all the this podcast, the last of the things I have to do this weekend. So tomorrow, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm going to take a nap. Maybe I'll just lay around and read in bed all day. That'll be cool. I do have to take care of Fanny. Fanny's sick, and you have, we have to give her pills, and she's not eating them, and she don't doesn't use the pill packs anymore. So it's a whole production getting her to take her pills. So I'll be doing a lot of Fanny care while Emma's gone and Jane's gone. I missed them already. This is Jane's first trip. She's going to Atlanta to see Auntie Clara. Uh, so Jane and Emma and Janet, they all went. Three generations of J-name women in a car. I guess Emma's Emma Jane, so she's not really a J-name. But, you know, they're all driving to Atlanta. I don't think they got there yet. They're on the road. And I haven't heard from them yet, but I hope they're doing okay. I already miss little Jane. Uh, it's been rough, though, because I was gone Tuesday night, got home Wednesday, saw Jane, saw her Thursday morning for a few minutes, and then I had to leave. And then I left on Thursday, got home Friday. I spent as much time as I could with her last night. I spent a ton of time with her last night. And then this morning, I fed her and spent some time with her, brought her down to my office, and we did some shipping, and she played on the Apple II computer. I don't know if you... I, 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 Put this on Instagram, but I found an Apple II Plus computer in very good shape in a, the e-recycling dumpster at the recycling center. So I took that and picked it up a few weeks ago, and I've sort of I haven't tested it yet, but I've cleaned it up. And the reason I haven't tested it is because Jane is obsessed with it. So it's now this decoy. It's at the end of my desk, and she just loves the '80s sounding keyboard, you know. So she just comes over and she makes the sound, and it's so good. Hold on, I'll do it for you. One second. 
it really takes you back to the 80s. I mean, like, as soon as I hear it, I feel like I'm in my computer lab at West Valley High School. It's like me and my girlfriend, Ann Hoganson, we're coding our Sumer-type game, populist-type game. It was called Zazzle Fazzle, where you were the ruler of a kingdom and you had to feed the peasants and all that. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in that computer lab on Apple IIs, and this really, really, really takes it back. So now Jane just walks over to it, and she starts making that sound. And it's just like, it's like chicken soup for the soul, I'm telling you. So, yeah, what do we got? Music. Uh, I only sold one CD on Discogs this week. Uh, Peter Murphy, Should the World Fail to Fall Apart? Peter Murphy's first solo album after Bauhaus and after his collaboration with Japan's Mick Karn, the Dolly's Car album. He went solo and he that was his first album. It's got some hits on it. It's got Final Solution, uh, Iggy Pop cover, which is featured in the David Bowie, Catherine Deneuve vampire film, The Hunger. And it's got, oh, I've got a miniature secret camera. I think there's one other sort of okay song on it. But I have that album three times on vinyl already. So I'm like, all right, you can, I'm happy to sell this CD. Uh, that unbunny CD that I was hoping that guy never paid for, he did not pay for it. So I'm good. I'm going to keep that unbunny CD. I feel pretty good about that. I bought a lot of vinyl this week, or more accurately, a lot of vinyl arrived at my house that had been purchased at various different times. Um, I bought a toy album, an old toy album called Join the Dots, because I bought the new toy album on vinyl a couple weeks ago, and I really like Join the Dots, so I bought that. Kind of like uh, driving... Uh, shoegaze. I may have mentioned toy already, but I, so I bought that. Uh, the new X re album just arrived on blue vinyl. It's gorgeous. Haven't had a chance to listen to the whole album yet, but it's here. I have two albums arrived from my vinyl me please subscription that I have yet to actually listen to uh, old Van Morrison album, Veden fleece that just arrived. So I'll be listening to that soon. And then a flying Lotus album, Cosmo grandma, but I'm not a big flying Lotus fan. I find it very hard to listen to that guy. So I don't know that I'll ever even listen to that. Uh, but the exciting ones, I got my Star Wars Last Jedi vinyl shipped from Europe, which is just amazing. It's double vinyl with like Starfield, Starburst colored vinyl. And it's got like a super awesome sort of very comic book style illustration on the front. And the gatefold is like Snoke's ship getting split in two. And it's just beautiful. And I'm very, very excited about that. I haven't listened to it yet, though. And uh, Mercury Rev's new album, Bobby Gentry's Delta Suite Revisited, just arrived on vinyl. I just listened to that. I feel really good about it um reviews are middling on consequence of sound and pitchfork and i kind of understand why because some of the charm of bobby gentry is a little missing from the album and it's it's like uh very evocative of like a certain feeling and it's, it's they're all kind of in the same tone and some of the swing of the original delta suite album is missing but i really like it and i'm into it and i feel pretty good about it i i think i probably would have rather had a uh actual full new mercury rev album but this is very interesting and it's weird the the, the selection of vocalists is really quite astonishing even uh, melisandra from game of thrones even does a song on it so it's definitely worth checking out but most excitingly i bought this seven inch at great expense which is the <laughs> 
from the film the uh, Cold War. It's the it's a seven inch single of two of the songs from her Paris album in the movie, and it is a promotional seven inch for Amazon for Hollywood Foreign Press Association for your consideration promo package. And I, I just guys, I spent so much money on that, but those songs are in my head like all the time, and I'm totally obsessed with that movie, and I want to go again, and I'm just waiting. I think it's finally coming out this week on Amazon Prime because it's like the greatest film ever and I'm so into it. So I just listen to those songs on repeat a lot and it's happy to have them. There's three songs on Spotify and then one of the songs on the 7-inch is not on Spotify. So it's the only place I think so far you can get it. There's a press release out that the Cold War soundtrack is coming out on vinyl someday but then I went to that label site and there's just no information. So I don't know when it's coming out. But So I, I got my fix with this uh, promotional 7-inch single. It's the greatest thing ever. Let's see. Other music this week. Lots of music. Lots of music. Most of it I listened to today, to be honest. I was traveling so much, I didn't listen to a lot of music, and I was listening to a book on tape in the car, so I didn't do it then, but I just listened to a ton just now. I listened to the new Lady Tron. Uh, my friend Nikki doesn't like it that much, but I think it's great. Uh, it needs a couple more banging, faster tunes, but it's got one that's really great, and it is very nihilistic and dark, and <laughs> I'm pretty into it. You can tell these people are having a hard time with the modern era, and I, I'm, I'm empathetic. They are not. Lady Tron, don't look to Lady Tron to feel better about the, the current era we live in. Let me tell you that much. There's a new EP from Broken Social Scene, Broken Social Scene called Let's Try the After Volume 1, which I've given two listens to, and I like two or three songs a lot on it. Some of it's a little meandering, but, you know, they always do an EP after their albums, and uh, it's a good one. I'm into it. Uh, and then I just listened to the new Drekka album, No Tracks in the Snow. And this is very interesting. So Drekka is the solo project of a guy named Mike Anderson, who is used to be my best friend. We used to be roommates. We were thick as thieves for several years in the 90s. And uh, back when we lived together, we were both very poor. And this guy would come over and he would buy records from us because we had great record collections and we needed to pay rent. And this guy was just, he was younger than us, but he was just learning about all these bands that we had all these these records for that you put back when you could easily get them like coil and nurse with wound and things like that there's a few i really regret selling still i'm not gonna lie but uh anyway that guy went on to start a record label out in california called deus records that has some great bands on it like adult and drab majesty and cold cave and he is putting out the drecker records so it's like they've both been doing their own cool indie thing mike's been putting out drecker records for 20 years he's he lives in bloomington indiana he's got a small record label of his own called blue sync music he's puts out some other artists probably most notably to <laughs> none of its mainstream but the most the one that had ever most mainstream success would probably have been rivulets some of the other ones like in gowan ring and cindy talk have like some underground success but uh um, yeah, Mike's been running this record label for 20 years, but the Drecker record is getting a bigger release on Deus Records, which is Gibby's label. And Gibby was this dude that Mike and I have known for 20 years. So it's uh, pretty crazy. And it's getting real promotion. And I gave it a listen, and it is good. I'm into it. I'm really into the new Drecker record. Uh, so I can recommend that. No tracks in the snow. It's on Spotify. I'm going to pick up the vinyl from Deus Records soon. 
listen to the new Jackie O motherfucker record. Thanks to Brian White, a friend of mine from Alaska that lives in Germany now. He's like, I didn't know, but there's a new Jackie O record. And I looked and so there was. It's from last year. It's called Bloom. I had no idea. Uh, I saw this band live a bunch back in the day because I think my sister was friends with one of them or acquaintances or toured with them or something back when she was in Sunburn. So I I had seen them a few times and I, I listened to some of their older stuff. This that record is good though. It is solid. It's not what you're necessarily expecting. It's got kind of a. It reminds me a lot of like Dreadful in the Din. Maybe I don't know. Like kind of our, uh, like non melodic kind of di- maybe early smog. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Early smog back before he was really really good at playing his instruments or he was willfully being a little bit more primitivist we could say that yeah anyway i recommend that record as well uh i think that's about it x3 star wars van morrison Drekka, broken social scene lady tron peter murphy's first solo album yeah it's been a week it's been a week but it has not been a week in tv I and mean, then i finished the crown's first season last sunday which we enjoyed greatly now we're on season two but we only watch one episode of season two on monday and we haven't watched any other tv uh well you know we got into msnbc on last night and <laughs> catching up on the the mayhem of the week and you know whether Mueller would get that filing in on time last night rumors about whether or not he would file his main report next week looks like it's not going to happen which i was expecting uh the judge shooting down <laughs> putting a gag order <laughs> on Roger Stone, which was, you know, I read this amazing analysis of that gag order. That was pretty good. But really, no, not a lot of TV this week. Not a lot of TV. I did go to a movie last weekend, so I did see one movie. I went to go see Alita Battle Angel at the Silver Spot. I wanted the big screen, big sound, so I went there instead of the Lumina. I liked it. I liked it a fair amount. It was definitely a little narratively weird. Like structurally, uh, it ended right when I thought it was gonna get going <laughs> because I guess they spent a little time, a lot of time at the end setting up a sequel. Uh, I read some Battle Age Elite stuff, but I've never been like a huge fan. But uh, the narrative weirdness, I realized as I go, was when it was skimming. Uh, Wikipedia articles and stuff like that is the narrative weirdness of the the actual source material as well. So I guess that makes sense. They did change the source material, decent, like not tons, but you know they streamlined as much as they could. Uh, and yeah, it's a spectacle. It's it's a thing. It's it's a very you know effects driven, big budget action film. I, I it, it's unique. I enjoyed it. it. Kept my attention. What do you? That's what you want out of one of those movies. Don't imagine I'll watch it again anytime soon, but. You know, it's worth your time in the theater. Good popcorn film. Good popcorn film. Oh, I guess we should say about that, too, that it's a Robert Rodriguez film, right? Like, everybody's like, James Cameron presents Alita Battle Angel. And it's like, yeah, he produced it, but Robert Rodriguez directed it. And that will give you much more of a guide into what kind of film it is. It's it's more of a Rodriguez film, which is great for me. I'm a, I'm a Rodriguez fan. I'm a fan of what he does. I'm a fan of his DIY spirit. I'm a fan of the fact that he just ditched the director's league like George Lucas did back in the day. I don't know if he's back in or not. I don't know how he's getting away with directing this film, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, my friend Doug Pfeffer and I, we got to go to Robert Rodriguez's studio warehouse in Austin a couple years back, Troublemaker Studios, and it was really cool. And I think this film was probably too big budget to have been filmed at Troublemaker, but it did say it was filmed in Texas, so I bet they did a lot of it there. But uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I'm glad that he, Robert Rodriguez, somebody, I'm thinking, yeah, thank you, James Cameron, for giving Robert Rodriguez a big budget. That's always nice to see. That's nice to see. 
Turning to books. I finished Gotham. Yay. Oh my God. It's done. No more Gotham. A history of New York to 1889 by Edwin Burroughs and Mike Wallace. It's great. It finishes with the big finale of the unification of New York, the five boroughs and the history of how people wanted it to unify. And that was all very interesting. And I didn't know a lot about that. <laughs> and so that was pretty cool. Uh, I actually a little hard to remember because I finished it the day after my podcast last week, but I'm very happy it's done. So I'm turning to women writers for quite some time now. I got a big pile of them I want to get through. And so I started with a bunch of short ones because I am seven weeks into the year and I've only read two books. So I need to like get five more done quickly, but I basically already have, uh, I started with a book called Beggars in Spain by Nancy Cress. It's sci-fi. Uh, it was originally a novella, and the novella makes part one of this short novel. I read the extended version. So what I understand is that the novella is part one, and then the new stuff was added to the novella to make a novel. But it's kind of like, it's not like an expanded edition. They add on other parts. So I loved the novella, and then the other parts were interesting. But they were, they took it in, you know, I, this happens to me a lot. I will read something and then I'm like, oh my God, I love this world. I got to read everything in this world. That happened when I watched Elite Battle Angel too. And then I do some poking around. I'm like, you know what? No, I don't. So I strongly recommend the novella and then, you know, finish out the rest of the novel is fine. There's like two or three more novels and I did enough poking around in Wikipedia that I don't think I care about. Man, I was really into like the original novella and the, the conceit. And also it's, it's not new. It, it came out in the nineties. I think this was written and it aged well like it feels it's like you know the the sort of william gibson uh, sci-fi that it's like sci-fi but it's about the present now because the present's weird enough that you can write sci-fi and it, it very much felt feels that way and i'm very impressed that she she nailed it so dead on in the 90s to now it, it, it feels feels real unlike what i've been reading since which is <laughs> the madeline langle wrinkle in time books the time quintet uh, these are a huge part of my childhood. And I, uh, so when I was like, I'm going to read more women writers, I have a giant to read shelf of like a hundred books on the to read shelf. So late last year, I pulled all the women writers off of it and put them on my bedstand or in urine. And, you know, I sorted them. So they're all handy. And there was one of the Madeline Lingle books that was in there. I think I picked it up a used or like a dollar store or something thrift store and that was it was swiftly swiftly tilting planet a swiftly tilting planet which is number three in this series and i i was like okay well yeah i should read that but you know what i loved all those books and i shouldn't just read number three i should read them all over again and so i started at the beginning with uh wrinkle in time which you know ava duvernay made a film of last year and i watched the film so some of it I remembered, but then there's this whole part of the book that with the movie just basically ends halfway through the book. And I had forgotten all about the second half of the book. I literally have no recollection, none whatsoever. I didn't remember any of that. There's a character named Ant Beast and I don't remember it all. Uh, so, but I like that. I like that whole second part. I can see why they didn't do it. It'd be very hard to film. It all takes place kind of on a gray black planet with no light. <laughs> so it probably would have been tough to film that, but uh, that was pretty exciting. And then, so then I kept going. I, you know, I read Wind in the Door, which I really, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the plot of that book is a little weird. It didn't really make a ton of sense. And, uh, I don't really follow like how Charles Wallace got sick. And then there's like all this weird stuff about like, like generations, like apparently Charles Wallace got sick because like the hippie or millennial cells in his body weren't doing their job because they just wanted to dance and have a good time. And it was like really weird and like, kind of like, 
like uh, like a generational critique that definitely like she was probably thinking of hippies and stuff, uh, but it really works for millennials too. But it's equally unfair there, and uh, I really that's the one I really started to feel. I remember this happened when I reread the Lion, the Witch, and the Word, the Chronicles of Narnia, like somewhere around book four. I was like, oh my god, the Christian imagery is beating me over the head. Didn't really feel it too much in Wrinkle in Time, but I really felt it in Wind of the Door, and I was like, ooh, this is getting rough. Uh, Swiftly Tilting Planets started off really weak, but it actually, I liked it by the end. I was pretty into it. It, it felt more sort of epic and sweeping, and it was a little confusing because it was like five generations of characters that all had the same names, Zilla and Maddox and you know, a couple other names, but uh, that was a little confusing, but I just sort of let that roll off of me, and I felt pretty good about that. Uh, so it kind of grew on me, but like by that point, I was like starting to have these other questions because these books are like TV before serial TV came along, right? Like monumental things happen to these characters in these books. And then the next book starts and it's like, none of that ever happened. Right. So you're like, wait a minute, you like traveled through space and time and your dad, and you rescued your dad. And now your dad's just acting like a pedantic scientist again and pretends he doesn't even, you don't even know any of this stuff. And, and then weirdly, like in the third book, the mom just wins a Nobel prize and you're like, what? Okay. And then dad's just talking to the president, which I guess, you know, is a kind of fair because they like are definitely doing some crazy science that people would want to know about. But at the same time, like that happened, like that part of the plot progresses, but the relationship between the characters, there's no progression and there's like no like ramifications. It's like old TV where like you could have a near death experience. And then in the next episode, you're like, Hey, I'm fine. Let's play poker. And you're like, no, you almost died. That would have messed you up for months, you know? Uh, so that's kind of getting to me. And so I have to really think of them more as like Nancy drew books where it's just like an episode and it's just, they're one-offs and don't think of it as like a large saga, even though they call it the time quintet. So now I'm on the fourth one. Just got started on it. Uh, this is the same family, but different siblings in the family. And I, it's fine. I'm into it. I'm like, this one feels a little bit more like a, an adventure. And it's these two boys. So it's like, oh, it's almost like a Hardy Boys sci-fi adventure on this one. So I will finish that one probably tomorrow. And then I'll finish the fifth one uh, over the my New York trip. And then I'm going to, you know, I, I know what I'm reading next. I'm probably going to read the Naomi Klein book next. This changes everything or climate changing book. And then I, there's another novel I want to reread from a long time ago called The Lives of Monster Dogs by Kristen Backus that me and my friend Annie were pretty obsessed with in the 90s. And I want to see how that's aged. Uh, but there's some other ones. I don't know what order I'm going to do. And I got like a stack of 30 of these. Um, I, there are like four books by men I need to read. I need to read this History of Public Authorities book. And I need to read this book about Wanamaker. So I might, you know, after I do like 10... 10 or 15 books by women. I will read like a couple of these books by men. So that I'm, it's exciting to be reading lots of books again. It's exciting to not be bogged down in one book. It's going to be a while before I tackle a large book again. I need, I need some, I need a palate cleanser. So tech, uh, let's see. Work is going well. Hired an old barbarian as our finance director. So he started this week. It's pretty exciting. Uh, this guy Q, I used to work with him. I'm very, very excited to have that stuff taken off my plate. So, you know, we have a bunch of other openings and hires and we're getting pretty close on a bunch of the other ones, but that's the first one to happen. So that was nice. That happened this week. Uh, 
And Ben Palmer, my old partner at Barbarian, sent me a drive of a bunch of old Barbarian stuff. And I just arrived today, so I've been poking around in that today. And that, that really took me back. Kind of exciting, like old projects and stuff and things like that. And uh, I have I have a lot, and it's archived in my, you know my 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 bunker storage unit in a Faraday cage. But I was missing a bunch of stuff, and Ben really helped me out with that and sent me a drive. So that's exciting. I've been talking to Ben a lot in the last week. So groovy. Oh, look at that. Somebody just texted me. I've been trying to talk to this guy from Bumble for weeks now, and we keep like missing each other. So I need to do that. And he just texted to remind me. He said, I'm free. On oh, Jesus. Quiet, dude. He was like, I'm free on Thursday and Friday. I'm like, well, I'm not. I'm on the road. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll try this week, hopefully. Uh, what else? What else is happening in tech? Uh, you know, Facebook. People are mad at Facebook. It seems a little rough on the, the, the politics stuff. I might have to like do something about that. I don't think I can go another through another election with polit political arguing. I'm totally fine arguing politics on Twitter, but on Facebook, it just, I can't deal with it. I don't know. It's something about it. It's too painful and I'm not going to do it again. I don't know exactly what solution I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. Man, I don't know. I've been sort of behind on the news, but I guess uh, Ev Williams left the board of Twitter this week. That's pretty crazy. It's really been, you know, I always think of Twitter as his baby since the beginning, and he's been there for 13 years. 13 years. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I guess I've been on Twitter for 12 or 11, so that makes sense. Anyway, projects. I really haven't had time for projects. Trek is done and shipped, and uh, all those are out. I'm still shipping a few Kickstarter stragglers, but for the most part, it is done. Uh, I'm uh, The LaGuardia book is just kind of what I mentioned when I was talking about I need to read these books by men before I can work too much more than I need to read that book on public authorities. And uh, I need to read that Wanamaker. I guess I don't need the Wanamaker book, is for which I was wasted, which I am still in denial about. I'll do. I have. I'm percolating on a plan, but I'm just, ugh, I'm really frustrated. And when I was having dinner with those agency people, somebody was asking me about it. And I was just like, oh, that's the white whale in my life. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like talking about it. It's like the failure and it's seven years in the making. And it's like, ugh, it's painful. And I know I need to do something. And like, I, I know what I need to do. I put out that five myths thing on Medium last week. Did I tell you guys about that? It was sort of one other version of part of a proposal that we did a while back. So there's a new Medium piece. You can check that out. Tell me what you think. But I know the sample chapter I need to write, and it's around the politics stuff, and I just, uh, it's going to be hard to write. I mean, it's not. I have all the you know, citations and data and blah, 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 and I know the thesis, but I just don't really want to write it right now. So I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. But I will just keep working on LaGuardia. But that means reading. I'm still reading. I was reading an interview by the Devil in the White City guy uh, and the Titanic guy, Eric Larson, about how, like, it's, you know, he, when he's working on a book, there's so much reading to do before he really starts. And I realized I'm bad about that. I start books before I've done all the reading and I make good progress. And I'm like, oh, well, I need to read this and this and this and this. And then it goes on hold and I have to go read like 10 things. And that's what's happening with LaGuardia now. So I don't know. I don't know. I should just finish it. That's just a dumb book. It'd be easy to finish. But I want to read this Public Authority books. I think that'll really help with the color. And Gotham was necessary to read and it really did help actually i have a very very good idea of the land that is underneath laguardia and what happened with it through the, like the entire history of time time back to the little nape indians so you know that was useful and i am making progress but i'm not writing on it right now i'm basically i'm just keeping up with my words every day so i don't go atrophied on writing but i'm not working on a book at the moment i i, I need to get i need to get on that but you know let's give myself a little time to celebrate after this trek book right yeah 
I think we've done that already. I think we've done that already. And then the other terrible thing is on diet, I've just been traveling so much that I'm up like nine pounds from my low and it's really bad. And I'm going to, I got to like try, I mean, I'm being hardcore right now and I'm going to fast a really long time tomorrow and I'm going to try and go to New York and not go too crazy this week because it's bad and I'm like not making any progress and I'm almost making negative progress and I need to get on that. So that's the other thing. That's like, that's what I'm focusing my attention on this week was getting my weight back under control. Uh, I did do all those doctor's appointments, though, and I did go to the neck doctor, and we had our little annual checkup about my Kippelfiel syndrome, Kippelfiel syndrome, and uh, that wasn't particularly good. She's like, yeah, the pain's always going to be there. You can get these, like, I could get these shots, and I guess that could help more, but... You know, she gave me a pill that, like, that works pretty well, and I was a little worried about it because Janet was on that pill for something else, and she had some problems with her, like, you know, her esophagus and stuff with it, but, like, I don't, and she was fine with it, so she, you know, we had our consult- consultation. I am at least paying attention to my health, which is not something I... I'm very good at all the time. So I did that. I got my blood cholesterol checked and it's much better. So that's exciting. I got this other battery of tests because my cholesterol shit in general. And, but so I got like the next wave of tests for heart disease stuff and they're all great. So, you know, despite my not awesome cholesterol levels, primarily my insanely low good cholesterol that will never go up no matter what I do that, uh, you know, the other indicators all look okay, so hopefully I'm not going to die of a heart attack from it. Ugh, it's so stressful. I'll probably have to go on a statin for it sometime in my 50s. But, you know, I've been doing, like, like, red rice yeast and fish oil for it for years, and they've had some help, but just so, like, just barely any help. And I eat so much more fish than I used to. Nah. Yeah, none of that helped. He's like, red wine. I'm like, I know, but I'm not drinking. I'm trying to lose weight. And he's like, well, you did lose a bunch of weight. And honestly, that's better than any of this stuff. So I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you. enjoying a Topo Chico. They sell Topo Chico around here now, so I'm just enjoying one. It's delicious. Strongly recommend it. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you had a lovely week. I hope that you uh, it's not raining and the weather's not as miserable there as it is here, because it's been a little rough, but we're supposed to get sun Sunday, so that'll be nice. Drop a line. I miss you guys. Bye.